Welcome to the Boys in the Iceberg, the podcast where we recap Avatar The Last Airbender episode by episode for fans new and old. I'm your host, John Listman, immigration attorney by day, stand-up comic by night, airbender at heart, and I'm joined as always by my co-host. I'm Jeff Miller, TV writer, avid mind wanderer, and aspiring waterbender. Yes, my God. We're in the Fire Nation. We, we we're behind enemy lines. It's crazy. Yeah. We're not even just in Fire Nation in the waters. We are on land in the Fire Nation. It's like we're, it's, we're not in Kansas anymore. I don't know. We're not in uh, uh, the Northern Air Temple. We're nowhere but the Fire Nation. There are all these places, and we're finally here. Uh, it's scary. It's, it's different. The, the, mm-hmm. the landscape, the... We're going to find it's, out a lot about the fire people really fast here. It's like wandering into Soviet Russia. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's pretty alarming, but mm-hmm. yes. All right. Into, in, inwards we go. Uh, now inside the Fire Nation, Aang and his friends steal local clothes in order to live incognito among the citizens. Aang wears a headband to hide his airbender tattoos. After accidentally choosing a Fire Nation school uniform as his disguise, and being accused of playing hooky, Aang is brought back to school. He enrolls in it, now able to socialize like a normal kid and learn new facts about the Fire Nation. He later arranges a dance party for the rigidly disciplined and self-expression-lacking Fire Nation pupils. When the school school authorities learn about the party, the students help Aang and his friends escape. Meanwhile, Zuko tries and fails to confront his now imprisoned uncle, then hires an assassin to kill and find Aang, who he suspects is still alive. Find and kill. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. Kill and find. Kill and find. Find and kill. Oh, he's, this guy's already dead. Oh, right. But, uh, yes. Oh, wild episode. Wild, wild, wild. Uh, it starts off on Zuko. Yeah. Unable to sleep. Uh, he makes his way toward a Fire Nation prison. As he stands near the entrance, a guard spies him from the roof and demands to know who it is. But rather than reveal himself, Zuko simply walks away. Meanwhile, Aang and the others are traveling through the Fire Nation using a combination of waterbending and airbending to hide Appa in a cloud. They take temporary shelter in a cave, then seek out the new clothes so they can blend in with the Fire Nation citizens. They find an unattended clothesline and steal some outfits with Toph modifying her shoes by removing the soles. Aang shyly blushes when Katara appears in her new outfit, but quickly indicates that she has to remove her mother's necklace in order for them to stay hidden. Afterward, they venture into a bazaar to purchase some accessories, including a new necklace for Katara. Okay. Uh, a bit on Zuko. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so listen, he's uh, he's here. He has been redeemed, apparently. I mean, according to what Azula is saying and to what Ozai is saying, he has restored his honor, but uh, I don't know. He can't sleep. Big whoop, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, when he goes up to see this guard that he uh, backs away from at this time, we see the landscape here. And then we were just chatting how it's like, a mountainous, uh, you know, we know it's a volcano, uh, yeah. that there, you just see like a whole city down below and in all these houses and it just, uh, it, it's, it's a great way to learn just that we're in the Fire Nation. It, it's landscape mm-hmm. we're not used to seeing. I mean, there, you know, how much more fiery can you get than literally inside a freaking volcano? True. Um, <laughs> it's also funny how, yes, Ba Sing Se is the impenetrable city, because of that wall. But I don't know if it gets much more impenetrable than inside a volcano, mm-hmm. high up in a mountain, in an island, way on a different part of the planet, you know, of, yeah. of, of the earth or the world, wherever they are. Yeah, it's, and, and, and it's really coolly laid out. Uh, great views everywhere of the ocean. Um, it's nice. That's beautiful, yeah. I could, I could live there. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, the gang's traveling in uh, cloud camo. How... Yeah. Is this the first time we see this? This is uh, the best way to travel. That's a good point. I wonder if there's just a lot of energy to it. Um, 
like if a cloud was just moving like this, you'd still notice it. I mean, yes, clouds fast, move yeah. in the sky, but they move with the other clouds in this current, you know, just one tiny opposized cloud moving would still be pretty noticeable. Um, but I guess here they'd rather just look like a random cloud than uh, themselves, especially if they're in enemy territory. They did use it a little bit uh, in the water when they, when they would kind of disguise themselves using mist. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they don't do it as often. Also, maybe it's just hard to keep up. Yeah. We, we also get to see the gang's attitude towards being mm -hmm. in Fire Nation here. And uh, okay, the gang is pretty happy, but Sokka, you know, immediately, he's like, enemy, fuck, hate, where's, those are enemy birds. And like the cutest little puffins you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's, I don't know. You're getting a sense everyone's in a new land and feels a little strange about one thing or another. Uh, yeah, it's and it's more than just these. I mean, the puffins thing was was kind of funny, but then, you know, you'd think maybe in in other scenarios they kind of leave some money behind, yeah, um, or something. But they're just straight up stealing people's clothes and then Toph straight up destroying these shoes. Like they're clearly not going to give them back. They're not borrowing. Yeah. They're stealing. And they're not replacing them or anything. So I think they view kind of everybody that they come across as an, as an enemy. Okay, stealing clothes. Uh, I'd say there was a spectrum of Aang to Katara. Aang was very resistant. Katara excited at the opportunity mm -hmm. to just try on new clothes. Uh, Toph and Sokka in the middle there. Yeah. What was uh, Aang we know? Wasn't it a little weird to get uh, Katara so excited? Like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I still think there's a part of Katara that shares that commonality with Jet, you know, where, mm -hmm. where she just despises all things Fire Nation because she associates it with the loss of her, with her, yeah. of, of her mother. Um, yeah. um, but finally here, finally, somebody points out, hey, Katara, that necklace isn't really going to work that your mom gave you. Yeah. Uh, it's clearly Water Tribe. Yeah. I so mean, finally, I, it only took three seasons. No, but, no. Uh, you know. it, it, it's very much, uh, obviously, they, they, they're a lot stricter in the fire world. You know, it's, it's really a different. Uh, Earth Kingdom, you're, you're not necessarily going to be uh, going to jail for that. Or right. So, uh, so I was thinking uh, back, just why Katara was so eager to steal those clothes. Maybe because <laughs> she knew how good she'd look. Uh, making Aang blush. This this was a big little. Uh, okay, the blush is on Aang's cheek at this 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 moment in time. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see that. The, no, I don't know. Just like like more of a return to the uh, relationship. Like they, there is time here. We're, we're not just battle, battle, battle. It's it's pretty interesting. It's like somebody who grew up in. Uh, you know, Alaska, getting to go to, like, you know, Cancun? the French Riviera or, or something, yeah. like, the, you know, some, some, or, or Hawaii or whatever, mm -hmm. or Japan, like, yeah. it's finally a warm weather area, um, and yeah, they finally, you know, they, they've, they've grown up their whole life probably wearing these, That's like, true. heavy, baggy snow clothes, or cold weather clothes. Mm -hmm. The Earth Kingdom's one thing, but, and that even had deserts, but here you're finally, you know, it's like the beach weather, it's, it's cool. You can express yourself in fashion. Yeah. And yeah. expressing yourself is a theme of today's episode. Okay. Um, yeah. well, well, oh, yes. Anyway, in town, the group uh, attempts to blend in and act natural, which is somewhat impeded by Aang, who, having traveled through the Fire Nation a century before, claims to be an expert on their customs. He calls people he sees on the street hot men and he uses other out-of-date expressions when the others go to buy food from a meat stand ang the vegetarian abstains but is quickly caught by a group of soldiers who escort him into a classroom his stolen clothing happens to be the uniform of a local school and the soldiers assume he was playing hooky the teacher thinks ang a new student is from the fire nation colonies in the earth kingdom based on his poor manners ang calls himself kuzon after his old fire nation friend and attempts to blend in after failing to give a proper greeting to the teacher, he fixes it with some hints from a nearby girl. The teacher also informs Aang about the rules against headwear, 
but he claims the headband helps to hide an embarrassing scar. After dismissal, he meets the friendly girl who helped him with the greeting, named Anji, as well as Anji's boyfriend, Hide, a popular student with a much more aggressive personality. After a brief confrontation, Aang winds up making friends and playing a game known as Hide and Explore, and Shoji and other children from the school will play along. So, uh... Explode. Explode. Uh, Explode. Okay. Uh, so first, the gang's in town. Uh, still a one team here. Okay, we, we, it's like Aang's on the street corner. It's like, oh, daddy-o, can we... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. You want to you play uh, some scat, some bebop? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> 100%. No, no, no. You're totally right. I mean, it would be like somebody from the 1920s mm-hmm. coming around and trying to talk, you know, mm-hmm. slang to random people they see around the street. It's funny because it's technically not wrong. And it kind of almost mimics the Northern Water Tribe when they were going to go infiltrate the Fire Nation using those uniforms they'd gotten like uh-huh. a century previously. Yeah. And it technically was a Fire Nation Navy uniform, but nobody today would re- even recognize it because mm. it would make no sense to them. Yeah, um, absolutely. Another favorite expression outdated in Fire Nation is like, hey, stay flaming. That, that stay was flaming. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just like, you know, they... They're very direct. I, I think back in the day, you know, people didn't really try to be clever or anything like that. They just used yeah. very blunt, like daddy-o. You know, mm-hmm. daddy is a very common term then. Um, yeah. Like, if you're in the Fire Nation, flaming would be very common. Hotman, literal hotman, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Um, hotman, how do you do, how do you do, how do you do? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny. It's, it's really cool. And, yeah. and one guy was just like, <laughs> I forgot what he said. He was just like, thanks? I think, or like one guy respond to Aang. It was, it was good. And uh, of course, Aang gets uh, split up here because he's accused of playing hooky from fire school. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. And like, he, we're, we're brought into the belly of the beast here. But uh, from the moment Aang is like, get over here by the authorities, there's this like drum beat that's like playing and getting more and more intense. Like it's like a marching into war kind of uh, mm. snare drum beat as he goes marching into the school, like into the principal's office in trouble totally. um, and becomes a fire student in the blink of an eye. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a fun, you know, direction for this episode to have taken. And I'm, I'm really glad they did. And it's important that, you know, like we have seen instances in the past where we see glimpses of life, you know, throughout the world, but it's very, very brief. Yeah. Um, so for Aang to get to go to a school and really see not just what these kids are like, but how they're being taught is mm-hmm. awesome. You know, I, I, I love that there's just something about him as Aang the monk, the air, you know, the air nomad, but also Aang the avatar that I think endears him to people who are just good and, in, in nature. And this girl, Anji, seems to be like a decent person. Yeah. So I think it's it's good that she kind of was non-threatened or almost comforted by Aang's presence and was willing to help him out yeah. and show him how to do it right. And you also got to see like... The hand gesture, cool. the correct hand gesture. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, like you mentioned, getting to see underground wrestling these behind the curtains, up until now, any portrayal of a fire citizen has been in uniform. Like like ninety five percent. Maybe there's... Outside uh, of like Zuko and I. The fire sages... Uh, Roku and some, yeah, Zuko. I, I mean, really. Uh, so it, it's it's actually the first time that someone's humanized. There, there are. Uh, it also just reminds you that these are innately good people that are being taught by this imperial dictatorship. Uh, mm-hmm. Brainwashed, better, better told. They, 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 they've been, uh, you know. They, well, we get into that a little bit later on, but yeah. it's just even the room itself with like, oh, you know, that portrait of Ozai in the background and having to bow and, and show that gesture um, and how everybody seemingly, you know, they're all like, don't do anything wrong. It, you know, yeah. there, there's a lot of instances like that in, in elementary school all over the country anyway. Oh yeah. Um, but, you know, you could just tell that the Fire Nation has a very strict kind of way about itself. Without a doubt. Um, uh, whatever he was doing, something exploded. 
Fireball, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always uh, another game uh, where he gets dirty. The uh, gang up until now has no uh, knowledge of his whereabouts. Like, no. like, some authority said, come over here. They were kind of off in their own little thing. I don't even well, know. They were eating. Yeah. They went in to eat meat, and Aang didn't go like into, I don't know if it was a restaurant or what with them. Mm-hmm. The thing that's really uh, fascinating about this whole thing is that this is probably, no, definitely the first time Aang has played just like a game with a group of young kids that weren't, you know, just Katara, Sokka, and Toph mm-hmm. in over a hundred years. <laughs> I mean... Since uh, before he found out he was the Avatar. That's, that's awesome. That is insane. Yeah, he is, uh, I mean, more on this to come, but for the first time in his life, a kid in school, he's, he's, he's able to be the 12-year-old Aang, not the 112-year-old mm-hmm. Avatar who... Yeah. Just disappointed the world for the past century. Um, and Ango again sees the tactile advantage to going to school, which uh, is not lost on anyone, uh, especially Sokka after Ang has to really remind him. Now, he says, you know, I, tomorrow in class we're learning about the secret river that goes right to the palace. Yes. Is that real? I, I wondered that, or is he just like making that up on the spot? I, I, I forget, and obviously we'll find out. We, I'm keeping an on eye day of Black Sun, but. Secret river, yes. We just got to make sure this time. Yeah, I, I, I want to be sure to uh, look out for that because that would be funny. If Aang's just pulling one over on Sokka, that would be like good for Aang in this yeah. moment. Uh, and then when Sokka agrees, of course, we get our, one of our sign-offs here, Flamio Hotman. I love it. Yeah. Flamio Hotman? Oh. oh, that's the best. And Sokka's just like, what? And, and Katara's, yeah. Who knows? Flamin. Yeah. They flaming. <laughs> um, man, it's great stuff. And I'm glad that it is both beneficial because uh, as an audience, you want to see more of Aang in the school here. I mean. Zuko. Another, yeah, Zuko visiting Iroh here. There's, uh, you're, you, if you, you can't sleep on it, you, you gotta go confront it. Uh, you shouldn't get to sleep. No, Zuko. you don't. After exa- what you've done. How do you sleep at night, Zuko? Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't get to sleep at night. And <laughs> yeah. good for Iroh uh-huh. for just turning his back on him. There's I mean, he's had so many that. chances. He's given him so many opportunities and told him exactly what was would have you know all these scenarios and just to begging him to really think about it and not be so impulsive and he refused. Maybe Zuko thought that somehow when he came back, his father wouldn't just like welcome him back to the Fire Nation and be proud, but actually take over that father figure role he's supposed to have had all along that obviously Ira has been filling and that clearly is never going to happen. Zuko actually has convinced himself that he's not completely wrong here a little bit. He says stuff like, uh, we we could have both come back as heroes. Uh, I wrote this down. If you weren't in jail, you'd be sleeping in a gutter. You know, he he said that. Uh, Or enjoying the tea shop that he built. And I mean, dude, there's an alternate universe where uh, he's just, free of all this war nonsense i mean to, it's all to, over yeah yeah so uh suko you really screwed him here uh iroh mm-hmm. oh iroh i mean you, you don't deserve this uh no free iroh hashtag free iroh. yeah hashtag free iroh unbelievable stuff hashtag change places i know all right the next day at school ang gets in trouble for not reciting the fire nation oath correctly having never previously heard it. The students think his bumbling through the oath is a prank, but the teacher punishes his disruption by calling for a pop quiz on the Fire Nation's history. The first question asks for the year in which Fire Lord Sozin defeated the Fire Nation, or the Air Nation Army. And confused, asks if it's a trick question, pointing out the Air Nomads had no formal army, uh, and they were defeated by an ambush, much to the class's astonishment. The teacher rejects his claim as it is not in the Fire Nation history text and states that he could not know better unless he had been there a hundred years earlier. Aang responds he'll just write down his best guess. In band class, Aang tries to play the tsungi horn and gets chided by the teacher for dancing while he plays, which apparently is not considered proper in the Fire Nation. 
Nevertheless, Anji is amused by his dance, uh, though when Aang offers to show it to her during recess, he incurs the wrath of Hide, who attempts to hit him. Aang skillfully evades every attempted blow with his hands behind his back, eventually getting Hide to stumble and fall over without being touched. But when the headmaster discovers them, it looks as though Aang knocked Hide down, resulting in a mandatory parent-teacher conference that afternoon. Uh, a lot like getting, wow. The big first day, Aang. Uh, yeah, so this is very much like right out of Pink Floyd. Mm, uh, Pink yeah. Floyd's the wall, you know. This Fire Nation oath, they get this fake history, you know, propaganda history. Um it's it's really amazing. A word on the yeah. oath before, because I, I I could not help but write down this oath. Uh, I have it mm -hmm. here before you. Yeah, the Fire Nation oath. My life I give to my country. With my hands I fight for the Fire Lord Ozai and our forefathers before him. With my mind I seek ways to better my country, and with my feet may the march of civilization continue. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. There, uh, there is some very PG-13-ified, you know, white supremacist uh, language Super here. Orwellian. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the phrase that really stuck out to me is the march of civilization. Oh, my God, uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's right out of the Nazi handbook. I mean, uh, and, and this pop quiz... The teacher phrased it as the pop quiz on the great march of civilization. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, I think the same language in the Nazi handbook, in uh, the communist Chinese handbook. Uh, oh, yeah. Really, uh, incredible. I, I, first off, they already have your life, your, yeah. your spirit, your soul. But then they take three different parts of your uh, body, the uh, mind, hands, and feet. I also think that the feet uh, are very important to this form of bending. So uh, the fact that the feet are the kind of weapony uh, parts, it's hands and feet, uh, both are kind of weaponized in the oath. The, the feet march the armies forward and the hands fight for the Lord and the four. I mean, it, it's really- Well, do you notice also how they envision their, their, their idea of the most important parts of the human mm -hmm. body are- very external hands features, feet. hands and feet. It's just like hands and feet mean? are what you do in certain, you know, are, are what you use in service, you know, exactly. physical labor, that kind of thing in, in service to others. And your mind is very much like what you believe. And that's kind of what they're controlling, mm -hmm. but they don't think at all about spirit, about soul, anything like that, about, you know, yeah, I imagine the, Trump's inner circle had to take some kind of oath to Trump. <laughs> I mean, to yeah. the way this, Guy operated. Okay, it's part of the NDA uh, it's, that you it's, sign. Uh, <laughs> it's just in there. It's also yeah. a contract. Um, the teacher then gives the pop quiz here, and uh, okay, dude, we, we we can already see the uh, the way propaganda is rewriting history. They, oh, it was an army of air nomads. It was a battle, yeah, as if it was two sides just uh, meeting. Anything but a slaughter. Yeah, yeah it's uh, quite the contrary there. I'm sure. You can imagine any kind of fascist regime rewriting textbooks this way. It's just crazy when you really sit down and think about it. I mean, it's not even like they did have a military and they just caught them off guard and slaughtered them and beat them all. Yeah. You know, this was a peaceful civilization that would, that the only threat posed was that the avatar was born into it. Mm -hmm. And they still decided to just erase an entire people, an entire people. Mm -hmm. And they try to spin it as a as a military conflict where it was, you're right, two sides. And that's just, you know, I don't know what's worse is like Holocaust deniers or people who tried to say all the Jews rose up and started attacking Germany. And so Germany had to defend itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, this is why we can't let the Fire Nation win. I mean, I mean, <laughs> this is really, it, it's a... Uh, Wearing a headband here, we're 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 not a, we're hiding our identity, and we're learning that this entire, you know, other civilization has a different reality. It, just a, an amazing amazing, way to, put that all in a pop quiz question. Like you know what I mean? Right. Or just show to, 
magically do that for us. Just uh, two quick sequences. It tells you so much about what's so horrifying about their entire education. Their education system is, is essentially a, it literally is a brainwashing facility. And what chance does anybody have to reach those, you know, to, to reach these citizens and bring them out of this, you know, even if they did get rid of Fire Lord Ozai, um, when they're being taught this way and, and, and an mm. entire generation, you know, multiple generations yes. have been just raised to believe this nonsense. Yeah. How do you fight that? By endearing yourself. Yes. <laughs> and you No, Aang knows that he's going to have to win over hearts and minds, not just uh, a military battle here. And uh, he begins that journey. Uh, in music class. We're, we're still learning about fire school and he's rocking the Sungi horn. Um, dancing, as one does mm-hmm. when they play the Sungi horn. And uh, <laughs> only to find out it is uh, forbidden. Uh, is this the tiny town from Footloose? Wait, wait. You know, it's, it's a blend of uh, you know, Soviet, like communist, uh, Nazi, and... Uh, Footloose. <laughs> Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon to A. There you that, go. That was man. it right there uh, in this uh, fire, fire world. Um, the musical teacher uh, tells Aang that uh, we come here for uh, rigid discipline and order. The music is for rigid discipline and order. Excuse me, music professor? <laughs> kind of uh, music are you playing? And Aang, of course, uh, responds that it's for expressing oneself. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just so important. And, you know, it's funny because you have that, obviously, when you watch the scene, you, everybody who's watching it thinks that the interruption is because Aang's playing it terribly because it's, it's, it's mimicking what happened with the um, Fire Nation Oath. Um, and he's doing the exact same thing with the Sugihar. And so that's what you're expecting. And then it's like, nope, we're actually in Footloose and you can't be dancing. And you think to yourself, like, he doesn't even care that he, he cares more about the fact that he's, expressing himself through dance while messing up and the fact that he's messing up and sounding awful and that's how deep it goes mm-hmm. and i love that he's like if you must express yourself you can march in place yeah after the marching thing um and once he does do it he just can't play the horn the same way i mean it's a uh, it's killing his spirit you uh a bird must fly uh okay yeah uh, but at least it's noticed yeah it is noticed. It's noticed by everyone, especially Anji first, mm-hmm. shall we? Uh, it's, it's almost like, ooh, Anji went to ask him about that dancing thing. This is Footloose. You can't, uh, <laughs> we, yeah. ooh, everyone's eyes are on that, uh, including the eyes of this jock, Hide. He uh, threatens Aang and, in fact, starts a fight. Uh, he's stumped because Aang is not fighting back. I, I can imagine mm-hmm. that in this fire world, the idea of evasive maneuvers of some sort of nonviolent conflict resolution-y defensive uh, fighting strategy is it, completely alien. Yeah, it doesn't oh, yeah. exist. Yeah. So uh, very cool to see that. And of course, Aang is an airbender where uh, that is the only way to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Very, very Which cool. is also, I mean, for for a hundred years extinct. So, true, true. You know, and now don't forget, everybody assumes Aang's dead. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing they have going yeah. for them, or Aang has going true. for him here. Also true. Um, uh, Sokka, I mean, Aang, you didn't want to hear it when you came out of a coma, but everyone's—it's so good. Everyone thinks you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Uh, but I Aang. love the uh, well. I I I I just yeah, nonviolence and yeah. this guy ends up just hurting himself, mm-hmm. trying so hard to hurt him. Um, it is the way as it as notably done. Si- the similar maneuvers done by uh, Quail Man back in the day. Ah, um, classic. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that results in. Uh, however, of course, he walks in and again, using all sorts of references here, much like SpongeBob in the Bully. The headmaster shows up at the exact wrong time and oh, uh, seems to think that Aang knocks isn't that always the case fully yes. on his butt. Um, so um, he now has to bring his parents to the principal's office. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, 
Sokka and Katara attend the parent-teacher conference as Aang's parents, Mr. Wang Fire and Mrs. Sapphire Fire. Uh, concluding the conference, the headmaster warns them that um, any more disruption will result in Kuzan being sent to reform school, meaning the coal mines. Uh, Mr. Wangfire pretends to be very upset, stating that when they get home, Kuzan was going to get a severe punishment, which pleases the headmaster. Uh, back at the cave, Sokka is against Aang returning to school, saying, no more school for you, young man. Aang tells Sokka this is the first time since he found out he was the Avatar that he's had the chance to be a normal kid and insists that they need to do something for the children in the school in order to allow them to have freedom of expression for at least a brief period of time. Since these students are the next generation of the Fire Nation, changing their attitudes might help. He plans to hold a secret dance party in the cave for everyone in the school, to which Sokka, still wearing his beard, responds with an irritated, go to your room. Okay, lots to talk about here. Um, where shall we begin? With Mr. and Mrs. Fire. Yes, Wang Fire. <laughs> oh my God. And Sapphire Fire. Part of me. Fire. Well, has, yeah, in, in my universe, there's a Mrs. Doubtfire Fire. Uh -huh. uh, oh, uh, I like it. Right, maybe somehow, some way, we can make that uh, a thing. I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> oh, and I love that his name is Wang and he names Katara Sapphire. And Katara, again, like way back when, when they. We're pretending to be the Bipopadopolises. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Just rolls with it and, and is very convincing as Mrs. Sapphire Fire. Absolutely. Um, if Sapphire Fire were going to get fired, uh, it would be a fire sale. Okay. Another thing, I don't know, that was just nonsense. Um, Sapphire, of course, is blue. It is the, the Water Nation tribe. It is the mm. color of the necklace she's not wearing. Just a coincidence? I don't know. Either way, it's her adopted name. Yeah. You know, at first I was like, geez, Sokka, you came up with the last name Fire. They don't have, like, do they even have a last name? Are, are last names a thing in the water tribe? Yeah. Um, and also, is there a single character on Avatar The Last Airbender whose last name is known besides hmm. Tom? Wow. Wow. Good. God, man, you are calling a lot into question here. Uh, <laughs> this is a, a wow. Well, let's take, break it down. So, um, I so it is my belief that everyone has a first and last name, and just yeah, I guess goes by their uh, first name. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I don't have a better answer. Uh, but that is a uh, something that was never addressed and. Uh, it's just like of the Fire Nation or of but, the... But even Mr. Papadopoulos, there, there was certainly... So Mr. and Mrs. is uh, a good... That does exist. Well, I think also he's, he only did that in... Aang only did it in the Earth Kingdom. Sokka randomly did it in the Fire Nation, presumably because he saw Aang do it the last time they were making up identities. So maybe he just felt to keep it in, in style. Now, the Earth Kingdom, like the Beifong family, we do know that people have last names in the Earth Kingdom. We only know about hers. Um, I, I, God, I, yeah. We don't even know anyone else's. We don't know Zuko's last name. <laughs> like, it's a Zulan. You know what I mean? I feel like it's one of these things where it's like, you're... you're Maybe. Like, like, a Zulan. You don't know. Name. You know what I mean? It's one of these, like, I know. I know. It's, uh... Oh, speaking of unconfirmed things, yep. speak, you know, not just last names, but I've been checking, and, and I don't know if the wiki got it from an official release from the show, um, but then, like, Yahoo search results seem to bring up, like, the as, as official um, numbers, whatever comes up from the wiki, in terms of character ages, mm -hmm. we get hints about how much older or younger people are than one another, yeah. and that Zuko's definitely a teenager, and that um, Katara and Sokka likely are too, and then obviously, and, and I think that Azula is a little bit younger than Zuko. We don't know any of the specifics. The only person whose who's age we absolutely know for sure was Aang before he was frozen, so presumably he's yeah. now 112. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else has confirmed. So, like, I've been seeing all over the place that, like, Azula's 14 the whole time. Um, Katara 
and Sokka and Zuko are like 15, 16, or 17, maybe. Um, but I, I don't know if any of that's confirmed, or maybe it has been. I don't know. But me personally, I have no clue. Oh, yeah. But just again, yeah. these are all, I don't know. So uh, back in present day Fire Nation, where, <laughs> where, where the you know, registrar of the school knows everyone's first and last name. Uh, okay, dude, just the, uh, the, the headmaster here. If you misbehave again, you're going to the coal mine. It mm-hmm. teaches you. Not only they're brainwashing their kids, it's like, hey, if you don't do well in school, you, you go live in a dirty hole far away from the city and your family for the rest of your life. Like, there's a, a threat. There, there is an intimidation factor. That, well, uh, it's very much how, uh, you know, when, when the Soviets would go through mm-hmm. and find, like, dissenters, they would mm-hmm. send them off to, you know, camps in Siberia. Yeah, except we're talking about dancing and music class. I know. <laughs> I know. Crazy. Uh, it's, it is crazy. Uh, it, it's crazy. And then, the, of course, Wangfire, a.k.a. Sokka, it's like, oh, don't worry. I'm, I am threatening him. I'm going to kick his ass when he, we get home. And then it was like, oh, thank God. Well, that makes me very <laughs> happy to know that he's getting yeah. a whooping, that if he's, he, he, that's, we're going to make a man out of him by mm-hmm. beating the shit out of him. Uh, it is insane. It's wild. And Sokka, of course, as uh, has this character. Um, I don't know. He's 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 like. Uh, it's like if he were the dad on Leave It to Beaver, but 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 I, I, I don't know. It's like a I, he's got a corn cob pipe and slippers. Uh, there's, yeah, there's a weird uh, vibe here. I thought it was hysterical. Go to your room. Yes, yeah, so we yeah. find out at the end of the episode that Sokka is very invested in this character and very committed. Exactly. Like, like, even if he def- saves the day, it does involve taking down their leader, and that's going to need uh, some justification if you don't want this entire population to, to revolt. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. so, uh, good foresight totally. from the Avatar. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, meanwhile, Zuko has a romantic picnic with May, and they share a kiss. The two are interrupted by Azula, who tries to get Zuko to talk to her. He refuses, but Azula sends May away by saying that Tylee needs help untangling her braid. May complies politely, but gives Azula an angry look behind her back. Azula tricks Zuko into admitting he visited Iroh and warns him, with apparent sincerity, not to anymore, as his visiting a traitor would make others suspicious. Nevertheless, Zuko visits Iroh again, and again, Iroh won't look at Zuko, who attempts to be kinder, bringing his uncle food as a gift. He begs his uncle for his advice, explaining that he believes the Avatar to be alive, and that he is confused and has no idea what to do about it without Iroh's guidance. When Iroh remains silent, Zuko flies into another rage, berating him, and leaves. As he leaves, Iroh continues to remain silent, but a tear runs down his face. Man, Sokka, you're, mm. you're not in control with May, with Azula, or with Iroh. You, you can only control yourself. And, uh, but for a moment, there does seem to be someone happy here. Uh, May and Sokka taking in a romantic sunset. Uh, even, May, May has to be herself, even during a romantic sunset. Yeah. Oh, it's nice, though. You know, it's, it's yeah. great seeing how they kind of bounce off each other and only a guy like Zuko with all the cynicisms you know we've seen from him could uh be you know could could be endeared by yeah. by somebody like uh May somebody, absolutely you know. um very very cool and then okay wow Azula who uh finds she does, does she control everyone I mean when, when she first uh we realize she controls May just saying oh Ty Lee needs help with this like you're you're you know that um, everybody knows yeah. that that it's like she's just uh, exerting power i mean the fact that she even used the excuse untangling a braid is so insulting mm-hmm. um condescending and yet may still goes I know. um and i think this is actually more of a i mean i don't want to get too ahead of ourselves i think it's a setup for something that happens way down the road oh. um oh. but just again i think showing the beginning of May getting a little like 
she's been kind of a pushover. And now I think it's like, all right, Azula, we're here. We're not doing anything. There's no, you know, you can manipulate all you want, but you don't need this. You know, you yeah. need to mess with this. Um, I don't know. Like, but she does give her a side eye. It's, it's like literally, you know, it seems like maybe Azula notices, but I think she's just past Azula's sight line. And yeah. then she gives the side eye. I wonder. I, 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 there was opportunity. I'm going to say Azula might have noticed or felt it, even if it wasn't uh, seen. Um, but okay. She then goes to uh, Zuko, who's like, dude, this is like some playground trick that he fell for. This is some very amateur st- stuff that like you would confirm someone's suspicions uh, about you like this. It, it just... I don't know if it's because you're uh, unnerved because you think Aang's alive or just, just you're, you're not happy. You are so off balance. You need to get it together. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, I think that right now, every part of, of Zuko's inner self is kind of in disarray because it's what everything he's done has gone directly against kind of how he was when he first awoke from that metamorphosis. And, you know, he's, he's even said he's got everything he wants. You know, he's, he's got his father's approval and love. He's a, a pampered prince of the Fire Nation again. He's got his girl there. Everything's great. Yeah, a bit of just, just that they're so openly kissing and, and the, the May and Zuko thing for yeah. all of like one and a half episodes together is really uh, fine. Uh, it's just there, accept it. There's really no need to question it. Yeah. So presumably, you know, especially if they've been spending this much time together. Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly, it seems Zuko, outside of May, doesn't really have anyone to talk to again. You know, don't forget, Iroh was with him, traveling with him this entire time for the last three years. Now, all of a sudden, not only is he not, like, staying with him, but he's, he's imprisoned and he won't yeah. even talk to him. Zuko, there are some things that you just can't expect people to come back from and this kind of a betrayal i mean even iroh has to let zuko stew on this alone so so true um when zuko sees Iroh, i mean he says he's everything and he's not happy help the avatars like, like are you kidding me coming to this guy to ask for help like like what what do you what magic words do you think he what, what connection what, what 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 obvious solution does he have like he's in jail uh, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, I think uh, as much as he was in anguish during that storm episode and maybe, you know, before it, I think this is maybe Zuko at his most vulnerable and most confused. And he's, you know, he's always been able to, as bad as things have gotten, eventually he's always had Iroh there and now he doesn't. And he just, you can see he's really falling apart. It was his only friend and confidant and, and like person he could trust in this whole world. And uh, what, what an idiot. What an idiot. Okay. Uh, I, there's always second chances. The uh, children uh, arrive at the cave, now ready to host a dance party, thanks to some handy earth and water bending. And the school band begins to play. However, they are stunned by the nervousness, not knowing how to dance, and afraid they will get in trouble. Aang demonstrates some dance forms and eventually asks Sanji to dance, which gradually encourages the rest of the students to do the same. Sokka states that Aang and Anji look good together, prompting a short, jealous reply from Katara. The students gradually start to freestyle, although Toph, Sokka, and Katara do not join in. Later, Aang asks Katara to dance. After hesitating, she takes Aang's hand and they perform a combination of Bagua and Northern Shaolin in synchronization which uh, does indeed appear to be an acrobatic dance based on the air bending techniques. The students are all awed. At the end of the dance, breathing heavily and covered in sweat, Katara and Aang share a moment of what looks like mutual attraction. However, the headmaster and several soldiers appear on the scene having been told of the dance by Hide. They try to catch Aang, but he hides uh, within the crowd of kids because the soldiers, I. Because the soldiers identify Aang with the headband, uh, they are thrown off when they discover several other students wearing the same headband. Eventually, every student in the cave appears to have put one on. 
Uh, yes, yes, yes. So, uh, listen, Aang is, he's enjoying being normal for the first time here. Uh, he, he's building a dance party here. One of the uh, great lines during the build-up to this dance party here is, uh, uh-huh. and I think he tells Sokka, you don't get it. Uh, you're normal all the time. And then Toph's like laughing at him like, <laughs> I know. Well, normal. Normal. Uh, very, very, very cool. But again, he knows, man, these kids, they're the future of the Fire Nation. It's uh, if we give them a taste of freedom. You know what I mean? Like, like, like what, what won the Cold War? It wasn't a battle or a proxy war. It was the freedom. The, the Beatles albums and all the, you know, Hershey bars or whatever. There's a lot more than that. But uh, so certainly a, a secret dance party gives them a chance to be free for the first time in the society. Absolutely. It's yeah. so solid, this, this logic about their being the future. Um, a couple questions, just me as the stickler. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't they, like get disguises so they could avoid staying in cave after cave. I just realized this yeah. <laughs> like later on it's and yet here they are. I mean, it works out for this party, but just like, they're also seemingly staying there. I thought they got disguises. Yeah. Well, they still, I guess, can't just like get a hotel room, but now they could go about and do things. You know, if they don't have money to buy clothes, they don't have money to buy lodging uh, is my true. So uh, they got to yeah. steal one. They, they're going to live on the cheap, uh, but okay, the way the gang bent this cave into a venue yes. dance party. Very I mean, cool. they, they had these pillars for the live band to be on. Katara was forming an ice sculpture in the background. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, I didn't. That's it's really awesome. cool. Um, oh. with, or I'm sorry, a, a nice like fountain, mm-hmm. an ice sculpture fountain thing. Yeah. Um, so like it was ice, but she was also putting like melting the middle of it or parts of it so that there was water in it as well flowing through. It was really cool. My question was, oh, awesome. especially if they didn't have money, unless there was some weird wax that they were able to bend, the where did all, they had so many candles. Where did they all come from? Opposnot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and also, so unless they were able to just find matches or whatever, I guess you only have to light one and then you could light all the candles. Never mind. I was like, it's not like any of them know firebending yet. So how did they light all those candles? Yes. But, they uh, don't know firebending. Aang does not. But what he does know is fire nation dances it's actually it's true uh hey guys this is your culture that was lost was taken from you I'll, let, let me teach it mm-hmm. to you. like talk about a way to win the hearts and minds of the fire nation um give them their culture back like like it's, insane uh, the names the the phoenix flight uh the camelephant strut all these amazing elephant by the yeah, way i mean i want to see that animal yeah uh it's just an amazing way to get a party started and going, but yeah. also, hey guys, no, this is fire, old Fire Nation dances. I'm not making this up. You guys have a whole world that was taken from you. Amazing, amazing. It's it's also yeah. I, I keep just referencing all these different movies and stuff, but uh, Pleasantville, like when they first started introducing the books to people and colors showed up um, to this black and white you know town. Yeah, uh, this is very much what this dance is. You're 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 bringing new life to these kids, to this whole community. You gotta, gotta cut loose. Foot loose. Yeah, <laughs> foot loose. Nice. Do the camelephant strut to foot loose. Okay. Um, very cool. Very cool. Uh, no one's dancing. Aang, of course, goes to his only, his closest friend, the only person who said anything to him, really, in this whole school, uh, Anji. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, eh, they're gonna get some looks. They're gonna get some attention. Uh, what, oh, and then the next thing he showed her was a move from the ballrooms of Ba Sing Se. So I'm not just teaching you your own fire culture. You, here's the benefits of learning some earth culture, too. Free your mind. Get rid of these Fire Nation constructs. You, 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 you should dance. You should be happy. I'm Kuzan. Follow yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it also implies that not only did you guys have dances in your culture, but you would incorporate other nations' dances as well, and they would use yours, and it's something free-flowing, and everybody gets to do it together. It's not just Fire Nation things or Earth Nation things. You can all learn from one another. Now, obviously, Katara's going to get a little jealous. Uh Uh-huh. We we don't see jealousy too often. And I love the dance that Aang and Katara have together. I love the confidence he shows getting her to go dance with him. Yeah. Um... 
and the and the way it happens is just so cool and perfect and uh yeah. and you could tell that Qatar is finally seeing Aang now in a bit of a different light, not just the incredibly powerful bender or yeah. really fun loving uh kid or the you know sensitive best friend, yeah. but this like impressive physical person yeah. Throughout the scene, we had Toph Katara and La Sokka. They were not engaging in this dance party, which is a little strange. Uh, so, so that when Aang asked Katara, I don't know if they still view the Fire Nation as the enemy. They're not on yeah. board with the changing the hearts and minds strategy. Uh, but he asked Katara to dance, and she's like, I don't know. And Aang's like, oh, no, take my hand. Like, like he becomes Antonio Banderas or some kind of smooth-talking. <laughs> I always wondered... Yeah. Uh, for Toph, if it's safe for her to dance, obviously not just, I mean, she's blind, but she can see with her feet. But like, if she's dancing with her feet, can she still see with them? And can she dance with her feet without accidentally earth bending a little bit? Mm. Um, and then for Sokka, he's oh. also got the beard and he's still pretending to be Mr. Wing Fire. Yeah. So I don't know how cool it would be or how comfortable the kids would be if this kid's dad was like yeah. trying to crash their dance. So true. Uh, but Aang was so smooth, he got Katara to blush. Mm -hmm. You see that? We got a little blush yeah. back at you. Um, it was all going great until it was discovered by this this jock rat he day. <laughs> who, uh, he day. <laughs> he day. And it was time for Aang to he day or hide if you are reading it off of a script. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because, yes, it's. Uh, Oh my God, what's the word when, there's a word when two words are spelled the same way, we pronounce differently. Is it homonyms, I think? Ho homonym? I think I'm a, homonym, Hotman? Right. Is this what we're uh, talking about, Hotman? Um, I believe it's a homonym, Hotman. So, so that could be the episode's name. Okay, we got all these great <laughs> names to go with. But um, uh, of course, uh, it goes after Aang, uh, who sneaks away by using the, uh, this the switcheroo with the old uh, headband. Finally, this uh, thing he had to use to cover his true identity comes in handy. I can't help but be a stickler here, only because I hold this show to such a high standard and so much else about it is like perfect. They had, you know, they, the, the first headband Aang got, he stole from that clothesline, I believe. Yeah. Um, but where did they get all those, like, did they, first, you know, where did they get all the headbands? Did they come up with this idea, obviously, ahead of time and get them all just in case this were to happen? Mm. Was this just something that, like, was a spur of the moment? And if so, huh? Yeah. And you know, I don't know. It was all very, like, weird. But at the same time, it was a really cool way for him to hide. Absolutely. So I don't know. I, I think was this sort of mission does take some foresight, some planning, some uh, prep. Uh, so I would have to think that. Uh, it's also kind of funny that what was the, the teachings of the teachers and the whole vibe from all the uh, people here, uh, the music teacher sums it up best, a rigid discipline and order. And guess what? All this order, all this discipline, everyone looking alike, uh, allows someone to sneak away. So it's almost, Amen. again, earthbending, using your enemy's uh, weapon against them. It's, 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 yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, airbending, but certainly the air nomad mentality. Yeah. The brilliance, it's shining through Aang, its greatest pupil. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Right. That, that uniformity ended up being what he was able to use to escape. Yeah. So take that, Fire Nation. Uh, what, what a great, it's almost like a form of protest. And uh, the team Avatar manages to slip away in the opening behind the cave. However, before leaving, Aang stops and exchanges smiles with so Shoji uh, before running off closing the opening behind him with earth bending, leaving Shoji shocked and speechless. Some of the soldiers accept defeat and dance as well, much to the chagrin of the headmaster. While the group flies off on Appa, Toph compliments Aang on his efforts, which she believes made a serious impact on the students. Katara agrees and then thanks Aang for dancing with her and kisses him on the cheek, causing him to blush. Sokka refuses to take his fake beard off, claiming... It's permanently glued to my skin. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Zuko walks into a dark alley at night to meet with a mysterious man with a metal arm and leg, as well as a tattooed third eye. Zuko states he has heard the man is capable of d 
doing his job effectively and secretly. And he wants him to track down and eliminate the Avatar. <laughs> we can't name him yet, but we all know who this is. We do. We do. We'll wait. We'll wait um, him when the time comes. That's great. All right. So. On their way out. Okay. It was Shoji, not Anji. There's another. I don't remember the name Shoji. A couple other. I mean, Shoji was the kid who was the one who kept speaking and when they were talking about like going to play and stuff like that. Okay. Um, Fair. Uh, but they earthbend this cave shut mm-hmm. on their way out. And uh, okay, like in, in a night where you just found out earthbending, dancing, Fire Nation had dances to see earthbending. It's like, oh no, there's magic in this Kuzan. I know. It, it's really such a sight. Well, it's great because Aang had met, you know, they, they all believed that he was a Fire Nation colony citizen from the Earth Nation. Oh. So technically, the only thing he was lying about was being an earthbender. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest could still be true. And maybe he's just like, hey, we've been in the Earth Kingdom and out there, we realize that we don't have to be separate, but, you know, come together. And here's a little bit. Wow, um, good point. Good and point. it's great. Um, I love that Sokka yeah. glued this mustache. <laughs> oh, yeah. So- again, he's just so committed to the role. I, I hate to think, I mean, is he going to, well, no, I guess puberty has started for him. So he does grow hair a little bit on his face. It'll take a yeah. long time. Before any of the glue so. dries enough to be pushed off. So true. But, uh, uh, and then the gang sees that Aang actually did teach. Like, like, you know what I mean? That's just that he taught them a dance move. That he taught them uh, a bit of what life is like outside of this yeah. repressive society. Think it's, for themselves. Uh, good enough to get a kiss from Katara there. Let's uh, talk about points there. And uh, when uh, Sokka at the end, he's like... Uh, Yes, yes, well done. Good, good. You did teach the kids something. Flamio. Yeah. Flamio, my good sir. Slow clap. It was really uh, amazing, amazing stuff. And uh, a great kind of, I don't know, like so often we get these episodes where the gang's in the town for an app and they leave on Appa. And it's just like uh, a ton happened in, in yeah. that day or two or whatever town length of time they had. Um, and that's it for the gang here. Yeah. And we are back to Zuko, who, um, did this shadowy bounty hunter who basically he says, I want you to hunt down and kill the avatar. Uh, they, they don't maybe use those words. Maybe, I mean, they get pretty close there, but it's obvious and, uh, inescapable that there is this super duper bounty hunter, the, the Boba Fett of, Mm-hmm. the Fire Nation, uh, out there to get his reward. Uh, I think uh, Zuko's pretty much confirming he does not think the Avatar is dead at all. Um, yep. And so he hires this guy. We don't know what this guy can do yet, but mm-hmm. let me tell you, it's, it's, it's bad. It's, it's, it's impressive what, what this guy does. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And that's that, it. We wrap up an amazing episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Book four, chapter two. No, book three, chapter two, the headband. Uh, closing thoughts, remarks, uh, anything we missed? Yeah. No, you know, this was very much a story of uh, kind of what life really is like for these citizens of the Fire Nation and why, you know, how they operate on the social behalf of, of the Fire Nation's dominance of the world. And then about Zuko and his turmoil and realizing that he made 100% the wrong choice back at the end of the last book. Um, my, my favorite thing is, like always, you know, Aang and the gang really try to leave each place and better off than they were when they got there, safer or, you know, with, with a better opportunity going forward, and never more so than than here with these citizens. Yes. Um, Aang just, uh, you know, entering the belly of the beast, uh, knowing it's not just a war of, of military, it's a war of ideology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, very, very cool stuff to win over this group. Uh, the headband at the end when everyone's kind of wearing it, I forgot to point out, Aang's it's facing downwards to match his tattoo, whereas everyone else's was actually facing upward. Oh, it was. Yeah. Because okay. so, so I yeah. wondered if he was wearing it upside down because every other um, 
indication, you know, every other shot of that logo that they had was uh, the other way around. So I think that Aang just put his on upside down. Yeah, I believe that's that the case. Uh, nice. And that wraps up another episode of The Boys in the Iceberg. Woo! So be sure to follow The Boys in the Iceberg on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. Thank you for listening. Good night. Flamio, Hotman.